Talk Recorded live. It was the night before Clinchmas on Lost <laughs> <Off> the Post. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when Anthony posted that. Um, welcome yes. off the post. Um, <laughs> it was funny, but then, you know, I go. My mind goes back to like a month and a half ago when I, you know, was looking over the schedule and said, "Boy, would it be really bad." If the Flyers had to depend on beating the Rangers, yeah, and they're building like in 2010 and yada yada, and well, now they don't have to beat them, but they have to get a no, point overtime. They got to they got to get if they can't beat them, they got to at least get them the overtime, that right? That. And that's the, and they just need to squeeze that one point. Here's the funny thing, though. There's a couple things. So earlier today, there was a. Um, an email from the Rangers that they called up Matt Bolesky and Stephen Fogarty. Fogarty's like 6'3", two-something yeah. with some sharp elbows, and Bolesky, obviously, dirty player uh, at this point in his career. And so you know this game is going to go that way because Elaine Vigneault doesn't know if he's going to be coming back next year or not. So he is going to go out guns ablazing just in case. And we always say, hey, you just have to get a point, but it's, sometimes it's not easy to squeeze that point. You know? No, it's, it's like, not. Especially you can't always York. rely on that. It's weird. It's, yeah. especially, if it's new, especially if it's the Rangers to boot. Yeah. You know that, that, that that's going to be built in here. Um, and you're right, exactly. It's gonna, you know, the Rangers are going to want to go out, with, uh, for lack of better word, with piss and vinegar. Yep. And that's, that's what the recall basically was for with those two guys, is to have those two players and, you know, to, to get a little bit of extra. Yeah, they're not up for scoring. No, no, no. Bolesky once upon a time when he was yeah. a duck, maybe, but now he's just, you know, he is who he is at this point. He, he's well, reverting the, to what we thought he was. So. The emergency recalls tomorrow will be uh, Nick Vatiu, Colt Moore, and Ryan Holwig. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nobody could put somebody through the That's boards my, like Ryan now Holwig. You know Sam, now, now you know why Sam Marent was practicing it, uh, today, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody can take a baseball swing off, off of his head like Ryan Holwig. Yeah, I made a, I made a joke to Bill Melter because I said, "Are you sure it's Sam? How can you tell?" But uh, <laughs> but actually, Bill, it was funny. Bill wisely ignored your wisecracks. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but, but last night it was funny. I did so much yesterday and one day that I did post an incorrect photo caption, and and people had fun with that. Uh, it was Sean Couturier, and I put Travis Sanheim. But the interesting thing was somebody did something way worse today. The Denver Post actually put oh, a picture yeah. of Citizens Bank Park. It's yes. supposed to be an article about course Field. Yeah, and I, I, like, I, I liked our compatriot Mike Harrington's response to that, was, which was basically, you know, that's, that suits you because you fired most of your sports department. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. You have the you, you, you morons have that coming. I think that, oh, the, one, the one thing I the one thing I laugh about when I saw the CBP, I was like, well, at least I got the launching pad ballpark type right. Right. <laughs> That's true. It was a good laugh though, and um, so I got a good laugh on that last night. Uh, I do want to say that I was excited to hear that Adam Gaudet got the uh, Hobie Baker. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because now here's going to be a bad plug, but for for Hockey Prospect Radio tomorrow, we actually had Jim Benning on, and we actually talked about Adam Gaudet. So see, there you go. So there we are. We are here to provide previews of of uh, future sportsology programming. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 but it just it was it was just fortuitous that you know, I, plug. I, it worked out. <laughs> Shameless plug. <clears throat> yeah, but it worked out. 
And it works out. Time nothing beats nothing beats good timing. Good for no, but good for the Canucks though, because at the end of the day, yeah, they do need some things to look forward to, and you know they have <laughs> Oleo Levy coming over next year, and now they have Gaudet playing some games now, and Besser and will be back, and Petter. even though the Sedins are gone, they do have a lot of youth that they can replace them with, and lots and lots of cap space. Yeah, so let's talk about that <laughs> cap space. So we've been reading quotes about John Tavares the last couple of days. He's been a little chattier. Mm-hmm since he's done playing at Barclays, at least for this year, at least uh, wearing a home jersey and whatever. Um, And he's been really sort of vague about it. And look, I've covered him long enough to know that he's very understated and tries to keep things low most of the time. But I feel like he's being extra muted about this. So I really don't give him much chance of coming back. After quotes I've seen last couple of days, and he hasn't done anything that's really led me down that path other than me just reading into what I know of the guy. And it's just like, I can't think of a reason he'd stay other than out of loyalty because, you know, out of the nine years he's been there, they made to the playoffs twice. They're not yeah. a Stanley cup contender for next year. Even too if they long. get a good goalie. It's, it's just, too long for, it's too yeah. long at this point of his career to be having yeah. to wait around for, for, for the Islanders to finally, uh, Kind of get, get it, it you know, to get it into the upper echelon. So again, you can't really, I, I can't get on John for wanting to look for greener pastures and other opportunities. It's just the landing spot to me is going to be is obviously the most fascinating part of uh, what's going to where he potentially might go. Yeah. Um. You know the buck. You know the 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 Brinks truck that's going to get backed up for him with whatever team is going to sign him. Although I'm going to be curious to see if he decides maybe if he wants to go a short term deal. Right, and he might want to his options that. open. If he yeah. can get onto a really good contender and get a maybe a, a surprisingly, you know, like a three or four year deal, so he can go exactly. one more. After. So he can go yeah. one more exactly, and that's and I wonder I wonder about that, especially if it's a team that's it's getting close, that's getting really close, that you know that's been in the postseason and and, and is looking for that additional centerman potentially who can get them over the top. Now, Mike, before we go to you on this, I want to ask Anthony what I asked you on the show. Anthony, if you're if, if you're an Islander fan, after the last home game last night, regardless of how you're handling the situation with John Tavares, wouldn't you have come out as an owner and said something, whether we're still negotiating or we have made him an offer, we're waiting to hear or something? Because at this point, as an owner, I wouldn't care if I'm pushing the envelope or not because basically it's going nowhere. And if the fan base doesn't think I've even tried, that's going to backfire on me. You know, it does. Going into the it does. Summer. And, and it, it, it's it's almost a passive aggressive feel to it. And it's almost like, in my mind, it's like, yeah, we're going to lose John, but we got look, we got Matt Barzell now, so yeah. he'll be our top line center in, in his second year. And to me, it's like the most passive aggressive thing ever because if you got the both of them, mm-hmm. you know, there's the possibility as he continues to grow, if you add to that core, you can really be good soon. But it's now this again, the Islanders have this feeling all the time. Of treading, they're, they're the ultimate treading water franchise. Yeah, they just kind of go with the flow for a while, never over, never sort of overextending themselves. Closest thing they did was getting Jordan Eberle, I would think, and even then, that's not you know what I would call that much that much of a uh, envelope pusher. No, uh, it helped them. them. So it, did. it helped, it did. But again, in the grand scheme of things, where are they as a team? Yeah, you no know better. that's that's the problem here. 
All right, Mike, we're looking for your positive input here. Go ahead. Well, well, I mean, the problem with the Islanders has been, I mean, they, as an organization, they've just been incompetent and rotten to the core for, for a while. I mean, I, I give them the, the credit of drafting some very good young uh, talented forwards. They have, you know, as as good of a crop of young forwards as there is in the league. You know, I I really like Barzil. You know, you know Lee and 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 a number of their forwards I think are are excellent. But defensively, they ran into a ton of injuries this year, and their goaltending has been abysmal for a couple years. And that's why I think Garth Snow, you know, this campaign, uh, the billboard campaign to get him fired, I, 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 if, if, I, I think it's justified, and he should be, because the one thing that kept that team from, I think, reaching a, ne- a different level is the fact that they, it, their goaltending was average at best, and this year was, t- was terrible. So, and I, regarding Tavares, I, I don't see why you're staying. If, if you are staying, I don't see why. I mean, if you're getting more money than uh, there and that eighth year, fine. But if you want to win a Stanley Cup, it's not going to be in Brooklyn or on Long Island in the next few years. Yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll talk more about where he might end up, but yeah, I don't think any of us really think he's coming back now. So we'll see. Um, talking about lucky and fortuitous, and a team that really is, you know, like we were talking about it earlier, Ant. Um, it's not exactly what you want me to to say because I'm not really fishing for that cookie that you offered me, but I appreciate it. It looked like a chocolate <laughs> chip. That is my favorite. Just it so is. people know, if they want to send me chocolate chip cookies. Um, but no, uh, looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins, Casey DeSmith gets his first NHL shutout. Like, they just, they can't not want to win. Like, it's just, it gets, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just, it's a, it, it, it really is a sort of a, a flustering thing there for the, for that team, yeah. I swear. <laughs> and I listen, all this, I don't want to take anything from Casey, Casey DeSmith. It was, you know, 35 stops. It, yeah. it, it it it's a great it, it's a great game for him, but if you're the Ottawa Senators, of like you you can't break the guy who's like probably your third goaltender in system, probably it, mm-hmm. you know maybe yeah it's it's more than a bit frustrating I think for the Senators. Mike, any thoughts? Well, uh, I mean, just on the entire division, it's or on that. Uh, we, yeah. we talked about it on the on the Buzzcast today. Um, you know, Pittsburgh now at a hundred points. Uh, they're locked into second in the uh, in the Metro. And if I'm, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen and John Tortorella, I find the the closest accountant in the Columbus area and put him in net. I, I do after what they after what happened to them yesterday. You know, taking the lead four times during that game, Pittsburgh coming back every single time, and then you know the hot dog king Phil Kessel uh, firing a shot in overtime to to win the game. I don't want any part of the Pittsburgh Penguins if I'm the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're They're playing not gonna Nashville. Do it, Mike. You know that. I know, but you're playing Nashville. Lay down and lose. Because then you don't, you don't have to you don't have to lose to Pittsburgh in the in the first round. You have a chance of winning your first round series, and then maybe Pittsburgh gets eliminated. But they're voodoo to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And do you yeah, expect John Tortorella to do this? I 
No, John, you know John. John's Captain yeah. Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to go after his white whale. He's going to yep. want to take the penguins out. You know how yep. he is. Yep. And in, my, in, in this circuit, although that being said, again, if Columbus ended up drawing the Capitals, I think they actually have a pretty good chance they do. in that series against Washington, and you let the Devils be the ones that have to get blooded for the first time in the postseason against the defending champs. But, no, I, I think this is – I think I don't expect John will uh, – the, the Jackets will not lay down – and they will end up probably as the as the number as the number three team. They'll play Pittsburgh, and I think things will chip will fall where they may. I think the Devils, uh, and then it'll just be between Philly and New Jersey to see who ends up being the uh, who gets the honors of the division winners. So Tampa ends up winning tonight in, in a crazy game. Uh, the Sabers are interesting because at the end of the day, I know Flyers fans are maybe hoping the Sabers will beat Florida. I just don't see it happening. The, the Sabers. Like they have some offense now, but their defense is so bad, and their goalie goaltending's fairly inept right now this time of the year. And especially if they put Chad Johnson in, it's like it's crazy. But Vasilevsky, all that said, he's made some great saves, and he's just made some awful decisions in net tonight. Yeah, and this I don't know what to say about him. It's it's par for the course. I hate to say it, but the latter part of the season, I mean, yeah. He as dominant as he was, he was you know it was him and and it, for the Vesna and everybody else was a distant second. Now it's just not the time of year you want you want to see your number one goaltender you know really starting to spit the bit. And again, you point you they Tampa's had some issues throughout their lineup. Certainly, certainly getting some of these guys uh, that they acquired deadline grafted onto the lineup uh, in a smooth manner. But at the end of the day, I, I look at the performance of their goaltender and say, boy. That can chip away a lot at, at your confidence there. If he's and, and if you feel like every game you got to try to outgun your opponents um, to cover for that, it, it, that gets tough after a while. And again, to Tampa's credit, they're still two points. They got their two points ahead right now on Boston, who's slipped a little bit here after after the streak they've been on. But uh, it's going to come down to the wire. It looks like in this circumstance between the two of them. No question, well, Mike. Well, I mean, Vasilevsky was was the leading candidate for the Vesna. Now I don't think he's in the top three. I don't think yeah. he's going to get a nominee. It's going to be probably Hellebuck. It's going to probably be Bobrovsky and Rene. And I I don't think uh, you know his the way he's closed the season has has been beneficial. Now you know his the team in front of him I think has something to do with that as well. Um, they played down to the Sabers today. They were they were home and cooled out. They were afforded to in the second period, and they allowed Buffalo yeah. to score three goals. And only because Buffalo is is pathetic the, this year and, un- and uh, you know unorganized did they did they let the uh, l- you know let the Lightning back in the game, tie at the game, and take the lead and, and win it. Um, other thing is you know ch- just not to waste a lot of time on Buffalo, but. They haven't played Robin Leonard, I think, in three weeks. They played Allmark, and they've been playing Chad mm-hmm. Johnson a lot. I haven't seen Robin Leonard. So, uh, to me, that has to be a little bit of a signal that maybe they're not going to qualify. Maybe they're going to just maybe. let him go. It's possible. Or they just are really seeing what else they've got because they know what Leonard is already. And so, sure. like you know, I think maybe they're just checking and making sure, taking inventory of, of what they have. And, if, hey, if they lose in the process, all the better, right? So I think that's part of it too, Mike. I mean, yeah, I that's think, true. Yeah. Let's face it. I mean, Buffalo's been doing this for for a couple of years now, and I think I think they're doing it more blatantly than anybody this year, right? Ant, tanking wise. 
It seems that way, but again, yeah. I don't think uh, Jack Eichel's going to be willing no. to put up with this crap no, for no, much Jack, longer. You score all the goals you can, but you know who's going to stop it? Yeah, going but, the other but way? he's going to want. But you know how he is. He's going to I know. want. He, he's he's not going to be wanting to sit around, you know, twiddling his thumbs in the early part of his career, waiting for this team to get. I think in the next couple of seasons, he's he's going to want to see some some genuine progress with the organization or direction, or he could very well be looking uh, eventually to try to. You know, he's and he's not shy about rattling his sabers and saying what he wants. No. So that's the thing that Buffalo's going to have to sort of keep in mind as they go forward. Unlike a couple of years ago when there was definitely a purposeful tank to get McDavid or Eichel, I don't think that that was the case this year. Bottom no. went out. No, no, I don't think for the whole year. I think for the yeah. last, you know, two weeks, they they haven't minded so much uh, sinking the way they are. Yeah, and 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 honestly, that's tactically. I think that's the right thing to do. I know I know people disagree with it honestly, but you know what I mean, I don't know if it was purposeful what Ottawa did in the last uh, you know, say month, but where Ottawa was during most of the season and then you look at the fact that they're that they're 30th and they were only like I think 3 points or 5 points ahead of ahead of the Sabres who have been the league's worst team for most of the year. I mean, that just shows that Ottawa positioned themselves. And, and Buffalo, I mean, it's just been a, a, a disastrous year. Injuries just and other, and other situations that have just contributed to them not playing well. And the only thing that you can really come out of it with is the best chance to draft Rasmus Dahlin at the draft in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly what they're shooting for. And uh, I, I guess last thing on the Sabres, because, you know, Mike keeps bringing it up because he's close to the news there that maybe Ristolainen's on his way out and certainly Darlene would be a good replacement, but boy, I just, I think they got to hang in there. Now, Mike, tell everybody what, what you're sort of hearing around the area about this situation. Well, just, just that Ristolainen at 23 years old, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who plays 26, 27 minutes a night and, you know, the conventional wisdom out there is that the, the Sabres are going to make some major moves <clears throat> during the summer, and they're not going to trade Eichel. They're not going to trade Middlestat. I don't think they're going to trade Reinhardt. So the it's it's either Ryan O'Reilly, who's got I think five more years at seven point five million, <clears throat> or Ristolainen, who's making a little over five and is is twenty three years old and is a right hand shot uh, defenseman, which I think you can bring back a ton. And there's been some indications that he's not as coachable as the organization would like, and if that's the case, I mean, he's a big kid, he's a talented kid, you'd probably, in in a situation where in this free agent class you have John Carlson, and that's about it in terms of def- defensemen, you know, you may see Carlson move, you may see Ekman Larson move, but Rista Lane at 23 and locked up for, I think, three or four more years, they'll get a boatload if they put him out on the market. And what you think? I think, you know, there's a definitely a good possibility there. Again, if they are looking to, sh- as Mike said, if they're looking to shake things up, he is a, Ristolainen is, would be a major piece. I mean, I look at him as a core guy um, for Buffalo, but again, as Mike said, if he sort of has a, a bit of a, you describe a little bit of resistance to uh, to coaching there, Mike, would you say, in some cases? Or it, just, it, uh, just it, it, the overcom- it, 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 a little bit of overconfidence, maybe just a bit too much headstrong overconfidence. Yeah, 
it sounds that like that that's the case. I mean, talent wise, I've always been impressed with his skill set, his yeah. size. He's got a he's got a snarl to his game. It's just, it's not somebody I would personally get rid of. But if but I'm not in the locker room and I don't know what the dynamic is. And yeah. you know, at the point that he's in his career right now, and there are so many teams out there looking for that top two, top four defenseman, right hand shot. I mean, again, I think they could get two or three really good pieces for a guy for that him, maybe yeah. they don't want to hold on to. Yep, makes sense. Yeah. So I just see Murray Pam just um, put out there on Twitter that the Sens can't do any worse than fifth. So, you know, that's all well and good for now, but the the, the problem in Ottawa is unless they get this new place, they're going to keep drafting high, and when guys like Thomas Shabbat and whoever they draft this year and guys want to get paid and don't, they're going to have to make this trading carousel work all the time. And it gets it gets exhausting. Like I, I saw it happening for a couple of years with the Mets when they had financial troubles, and it's it's not easy to operate that way, Ant. And I, you know, so yeah, you know, yeah, it's a great plan, yeah. but you do have to eventually pay these players. You do. You have to extend. You have to be able to create a, a scenario and a situation where teams, feel, you know, the players and the team that are coming in feel like, number one, that there's a level of stability also with the organization. Any type of question with regards of the, the owner floats out there of, you know, as, as, as Melnick did, you know, if you're a free agent and looking at that situation going, I'm not, I don't want any part of that up in Ottawa. If, if there's not a if there's not a yeah. steady situation there, and I know he sort of doubled back a little bit on on what on, on some of what he had said in the past, but still, it's just you don't create a good scenario to attract people, and they look like a team that's more in mode of getting players. You know, again, with as much talk as we're going to have about obviously Carlson going into the summer, you know, and you got a superstar type player who looks like he can't wait to get the heck out of there. I mean, I know what he says, yeah. but. Yeah. The actions say something else entirely. So that's the problem here is that they have the appearance of a team that's sinking and everybody and, and, and the good players that are on the roster, including one as a generational talent, obviously, wants out. And that's tough. And that's a tough sell if you're trying to uh, get uh, players to come on board here. And they are going to continue to, I think, for the next few years, plumb the depths of the league and hope, and, and hope to get lucky uh, with some of their draft picks. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misreading the situation because I, I I think I actually think Carlson wants to stay. I think the organization wants to move him. With I'm, just not, sure. I'm yeah, just not I mean, sure. I'm just not sure, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe because I think he wants certainty. It. Maybe it's just yeah. the fact that he wants some certainty. He wants a clear signal from the team mm-hmm. sure. that you know that they are that they are committed to a direction. And let's do you feel in, in looking at it from the outside? Does this look like a team that looks like it's committed to a direction? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, that's, that's the problem. He's he's at the point of his career. That's my point. Is that he, yeah. he's at that point of his career where he wants to try to win. You know, add, add to the legacy, win at the pursue championships. Um, in addition to getting paid, obviously, you know, in this circumstance. So that's the way I look at it from Carlson's perspective. Is that he's got to kind of make a hard call. I know he's the captain of the team and wants to be there. You know, when the team turns it around, but. When's that going to be? I just don't see it right now. Well, the the funny thing is, if you look at the look at their business model, I mean, most teams when they draft somebody and they they have a player 
they, they have them for seven years. They can lock them up. They have them for the three years of the entry level, and at the absolute minimum, they have four years before they become an unrestricted free agent. In, in Ottawa, because money is such a, a factor, they get the entry level. They probably get the two-year bridge deal, and I'm using an example like Cody Cece here. After the two years, he, and that player is looking to get, to get paid, that's when they move them. And, you know, it's not just going to be Carlson. It's probably going to be Cody Cece as well because he's going to be looking for four, yeah. four and a half million dollars. And I don't think Eugene Melnick is going to spend that money to sign him. So it, this is a sort of perpetuating cluster. And they, they I, don't know if, I don't know how it's going to change, but it'll probably only change when Melnick is not owning the team anymore. No, that's fair. I mean, it's really all fair. Uh, so the Ducks are leading tonight and, Kind of leads me into the next thing. And preseason, I picked them to to come out of the West and make it to the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, and I still think they can do it. I still don't think anybody's going to really want to play them. It's a tough. I mean, looking at where they're at, I mean, in terms of they would draw right now Vegas in the first round. Right. Um, that's that's a, a good draw. That's a tough. That's a tough draw for the, for Vegas. Mm. I think in the first round. I mean, it's a fascinating. Stylistically, it's going to be a fast. It'll be a yeah. fascinating matchup if that's how it shakes out. And I, I, I got to be honest, with you. I, 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 that's not, that's a tough series for me to call uh, between if it ends up between those two teams. Well, you know, because we're going again, to make you call it one day. So just say, oh, yeah, no. oh, obviously, I'm going to have to call it. You know, I mean, <laughs> by the time the postseason, you know, by the time we do the next show, obviously, we're going to do that. But uh, in this circumstance, um, you look at Anaheim with that, which has extensive playoff experience they're a physical team they get they get vegas forced vegas has to want to have to be basically force the ducks to play at their pace and i don't i i don't know yet we're going to have to see once the postseason starts if they're going to be able to continue to to play their style when once we get into uh once we get into the ground of it but i i agree i think if the ducks are able to to get past the vegas in this case they're a team that could very well get them find themselves in the western finals Okay, I, I do want to say my favorite tweet of the night goes to Alan Walsh. I know he's gotten it before, but he gets it again for his unbiased tweet. Wink, wink. Um, the most valuable goalie to his team this season, Mark Andre Fleury, beyond performance in the net and while enjoying a career year, consider his leadership in the room. I'm thinking, how many different goalies won games for them earlier in that season? I, I'm pretty sure there's a Four. there's a couple of other more important goalies yeah. in the team. I'm going to think Pekka Rinne. Uh, I think there's two or three, four more. No offense he's to Mark. Been good. I, that being fair, though, I will say he's been, he's been good this year. He has been, he no question. But but that's a but, loaded statement. But, 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 yeah, it's a loaded statement. It, yeah. It's Ross, Ross. Just, I know, but it's just like, come on. He, he, he loves, he lo- you know, he, 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 he wants his clients to know that he's always out there for them and always ready know. to pump their as, – as, as, to, to borrow Roberto Longo's phrase, you know, I am here to pump your tires, man. Yeah. Over as yeah. much as well, pump it to the point where your tire might explode. But knowing Flurry, he doesn't want that. Like he's not that guy. That's I, the I, I, would, I, I would have enjoyed that tweet had I seen it because Alan Walsh blocked me, and that's the most proud. I'm most proud of that block on Twitter than anything that I anything else on Twitter. Um, one one thing though, Anaheim, mm-hmm. if they win tonight, they jump. Uh, the L.A. Kings. LA yeah, that's a, true. Yeah, they only have a mm-hmm. game left, and if Anaheim wins out, they play San Jose. So yeah. that'll I, that that'll be a battle. And although San Jose without Thornton, I still think they're they're a shadow of their former selves. 
and I think Anaheim, even though Anaheim is yeah, I would agree. Up. I would I would I would pick the Ducks in that series too, based off of the health scenario. Unless Joe comes back in that series close right. to what he supposed close close to his close to one hundred percent. It's a tough series for the Sharks, and they've you know that 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 it, 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 that usually draws out between the two of them. Again, it, 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 those games are always knockdown dragouts, but I would pick Anaheim as well in that series. Yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. All right, so now I'm going to quiz you guys. Ooh. I'm going to ask you whose birthday tonight? Seventy-three years young, a goaltender who played for the Flyers and the Leafs. Ooh. Bernie Perrant. Nope. But oh, you just broke up. You, you said that last part. I didn't hear the. He played for the. Answer. He's seventy-three years young, and he played right, for played the for Flyers the... and the Leafs. Doug Favell. Doug Favell. Yeah, Mike is Doug crazy. Favelle, yeah. Mike beat me that way. Just literally, as soon as you said it, I was like, Mike had it out as I was expecting Doug Favell. Well, they were traded. They were traded for each other twice, so it was one yes. or the one or the other. I know, but yeah. you're nuts. Like you get this stuff way too fast. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. What do can I, I say? Do I at least get half a cookie here? Yes, you do. It's coming out yeah. of my mouth. Thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> I did hear it. You you do get he He just beat you to the buzzer. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it, that's the way it's working out. Okay. That's the way the cookie crumbles. So for the yes. last two minutes, I'm going to let you guys try and influence me because I've got a ballot to fill out on Sunday. And okay. where everybody who votes in the PHWA this year, all the all the votes are going to be uh, transparent. And I'm telling you, we're all going to get destroyed on the heart on the heart yeah. vote. There there will not be a correct one this year, according mm-hmm. to people on Twitter. And I could tell you that, yes, Claude Giroux will be in my list. Yes, Taylor Hall will be in my list. And, yes, Nathan McKinnon are in my list. There's two more slots. Uh, I, would say, I, I would say Anze Kopitar. Bingo. Uh, and I would probably say Brad Marchand because of all, the, of all the Boston players, you know, Bergeron, I would have been on my list, but mm-hmm. he was out for 10, 12 games, um, you know, Pasternak. I think Marchand's been the most dominant player for them all year and the most consistent, and he's been there other than the five games he's got. He got suspended. He's not the most lovable guy, but I think he's the most. No, no, no but Marchand over over Malkin. I see. I, I can. I, I almost never can vote for Malkin because he benefits from the fact that the other center on that team is Crosby, and that takes it's not his fault. I know it's not his fault, but it's a factor. And what do you think? I mean, I like Kopitar. I like Marshawn. Right, so you, I like so you have two. So, so give me your guys again. Two more times. Give me your guys again. Okay, so Marshawn. So Hall, Giroux, so Hall McKinnon, Giroux, McKinnon, and Giroux are locks for me. And then okay. it's just a matter and then, of and then your outer and then your outer guys. So I would say, uh, I, I already mentioned. I already said what's in. Matter of fact, they'd be in my final. Um, I, I'm 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 very bullish on uh, on Kopitar. So that's mm-hmm. one. The other okay. one is. Tough. I'm between uh, Kucherov or McDavid. Yeah, and I'm gonna. That's the thing. Go, these I have two a tough spots time, but go again, so I, 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 I got it. If you go to two guys, and I know everybody wants to say McDavid should be in there, but and McDavid's sort of in the in, in, somewhat in the honorable mention area. But again, Kucherov, 97 points this season. He's been yeah. a consistent offensive threat for that team. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna slide in Kucherov there a little bit ahead of a little bit ahead of McDavid. Again, there's not that like a huge point. Well, now all right Penguins now, fans hate you, which is so. fine. Cause what they, Malkin? 
Yeah, because of Malkin, because they're going to no, go crazy over gonna, that. No, I'm not going well, well, to. Whatever. Let, you know, you, you, I don't. I, I, I could care less. I, and and I, I got to this argument through people last week. Yeah. And I gave my finalists. My finalists again are. But now I'm going to give me. you the argument for McDavid. Yeah. The argument for McDavid well, is uh, five on five. He's got like yeah. 20 more points than the next guy. Do we care about that? No. Let, let the let the oil let the Oilers fans hate me because he's not even if I would, if I had a vote this year and I and I don't he would not be on my list. His team sucks. His team has been out of the playoff race for two months. I don't care if you're the best player in the league. Part of being the MVP, part of being the Hart Trophy winner, is to get your team in the playoffs. And if you mm-hmm. don't, you don't qualify for this award. But here's the thing. So like I'm doing it Sunday right after the games are over. Sure. Uh, if the Flyers don't make it, I'm still putting Giroux on there. I don't care they didn't make it. Okay. Colorado probably won't make it, but I'm keeping McKinnon on there because it's not his fault that the starting goalie, you know, Varlamov got hurt and Eric Johnson got hurt. That's not his fault. He got him there, right, though? He, and that's well, the that's, point. You know, these guys got him there. Well, that's why I'm saying that Edmonton's been out of the playoff race for yeah. two months. You know, McKinnon carried his team to game 82, and if they, if they fall a point short – or if or Philadelphia and Drew fall point short. Yeah, to me, you that's can still different. make an argument for you can make yeah. a legitimate yeah. argument for them. I get it. It's just it, it, this whole thing with McDavid is tired. I, I'm tired out from it. I'm in the same boat as Mike. Oh, it's just getting started. Though, you know, trophy. like this is the if beginning it, if of it. Is, if it's the Hart Trophy supposed to be the best player in the yeah. world, then yes, but then McDavid would win it. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's not what the trophy is. It's the player deemed most valuable to his team. And to me, part of that involves the success of the team that he plays for, which yeah. the Edmonton Oilers have basically spit the bit for most for, for the entire season. So if you want to put the blame at the, at the foot of, of, of management for putting a, a shoddy team around him, sure. But at the end of the day, sorry, this is one of those years where there's a lot of competition for that trophy. And at the end of the day, maybe if this was a thinner year in that regard, maybe he sneaks in there. I'm sorry. I, I, I like McDavid, but he is fifth or sixth on, on this list in my mind at best. Yeah, but here's the thing, I, and I'm really in my head, and this is really what I go through. Like, I, it takes me a long time to fill out the ballot because um, I don't take it lightly. I mean, I really am thinking for the two spots, there's still – there, there is Malkin, there's Kopitar, there's Marshawn, and there's Kucherov, and that, that's that's hard. I'm going to be looking at all kinds of different things, and yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the minute this thing goes transparent, even yeah. if I say who I did it beforehand, which I may not this year, considering it is mm-hmm. going to be transparent, that day yeah. I'm just going to be like, uh oh, maybe I shouldn't check my Twitter timeline, and every writer is going mm-hmm. to feel that way who votes. Everyone, yeah, whatever, you know, in this circumstance, whatever, you put the, I know. the thing out. Now again, if it's me, I gave you my three. Yeah. It would be McKinnon, it would be Kopitar, and Giroux. Is, well, you get five, not, so you'd have to get you get two more. You get five. So, yeah, yeah. We get, and those would be my five, basically. Yeah. Those would be if I'm slotting yeah. him in there. But if I'm saying my top three at the top there, those are my top three right now. Bergeron was hanging around for a while, but I had to really sort of think about the whole injury situation with the amount of games that he lost. And, if it, again, same principles, McDavid, uh, in this case, for him, it's the injury, it's, it's, the, it's the amount of games that was lost this year that hurts his argument. But for, for McDavid, yeah. it's honestly, I think the, the factor is the team that's around him in this case. You're too far back. This is what the award is named for, and that's that. Now, we'll go one more minute into overtime because, you know, even with the Calder, while it appears on the surface, hey, it should be like Matt Barzell's to lose, mm-hmm. again, it's not Besser's fault he got hurt. I mean, if you still right. look at what he did 
for the games he played, it's still pretty great. Will Butcher, you know, he's got he's got more points than Duncan Keith and Oliver Ekman Larson. He's not going to win, but he's definitely going to be on my list. I mean, there's there's a lot of other guys. You know, Yanni Gord. I mean, he he could win. He could. Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor's got twenty nine goals, yeah, maybe even Connor's thirty by now. Yeah. Connor was on the tip of my tongue. It would have been another one that's going yeah. to be in the picture there. Absolutely. You have to have Connor in that in that conversation. Yeah. But I'm just um, saying it's funny because when, when Besser went down, everybody's like, well, it's Barzell's. It's over. And, it's yeah. like, and you also have to count for also Charlie McAvoy, too. You do? Yeah. Charlie McAvoy's in the mix there as well. He's had a great year with the Brewers. We've loved him for quite some time. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois has got to have some, con- yeah, some I mean, conversation. Do I think he's going to get it in, in there? No. But I think he's another one you consider. Clayton Keller is yeah. kind of hovering. Keller's got forty-two assists. He's having, yeah. considering how slow that team started off. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 ramped yeah. it up. I mean, I do think it's going to be Barzil. I do. I mean, I don't think at this point is, but I, I think if if, if if Brock doesn't get hurt, this thing is a, is, is is as tight as it gets. I yeah. really believe that. Yeah, I agree with that. Any thoughts on that, Mike? No, I I you know, it's funny because everybody thought that the race last year was you know, deep and talented. And, I mean, you look at this group. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Clayton Keller. We yeah, we just did. Al- Al- you, Al- you, you slept through that, Mike. You know, it's like, well, no. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mike, we did mention him. <laughs> we did. I'm sorry. I, I, that was, that was uh, uncalled I'm, I'm for. Throwing, I'm throwing my Dallas roommate under the bus here. It's so terrible. <laughs> Collect. <laughs> everybody next time uh we'll start talking about the playoffs exactly take care everybody buenos noches